How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The final out has been made. Let's talk about what just happened. The good and the bad. It's time for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, with the franchise, Tim Allen, on the fan. If you need doors and windows, go to PellaWI.com. It's a final from American Family Field, and it's not a good one. An ugly performance from your Milwaukee Brewers today on all fronts. As the Padres even the series at 1-1, 7-1. Welcome to the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball postgame show driven by Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Tim Allen tonight as I have a couple of times this season as I will continue to do throughout the summer and beyond. And this was a rough one, folks. This was just about as bad of a baseball game as the Brewers have played all season. And... I'll go as far to say it's worse than the 14-run game that they had against the Dodgers a couple weeks ago that I also hosted. This this game was brutal. It was it was not fun. Uh, the pitching w- pitching was great from Burns. He made he made a couple mistakes, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, frustrating for him. He walked as many batters today as he has all season long which not every start you're going to have is going to be your best start. And by no means was this a bad start today from Corbin Burns, but it it wasn't his best. And, and it shows you just how difficult the game of baseball is. He walked three batters today, hit one and all four of those run, all four of those people that made it on base wound up scoring. And that was pretty much the tail of the ball game right there. But we'll, we'll we'll dive into it just a little bit more there. The Brewers get two hits on the day, one going yard. And just when you think, just when you think the Brewers offense could be on the turnaround, they put out a stinker like this. Just not a great baseball game today. And again, Dan Plucker filling in for Tim Allen here today. On the show, thanks for tuning in if you're just on your way out of American Family Field or if you're just watching the game from home. Brewers fans everywhere, welcome in. Evan, you ready to get into this a little bit? All right, let's do it. Top of the first, one, two, three inning, nine pitch first inning from Corbin Burns. A hot start, just what you're looking for from your starting pitcher. Come back in a one, two, three inning for Joe Musgrove, who had an excellent day for all but one inning today on the mound for the Padres. 
Wong strikes out. It was a nine-pitch at bat, so credit to Wong. He got plenty of pitches up there in his first at bat. Uh, Vogelbach strikes out yet again, and Yelich grounds into the shift to end the inning. Yelich, the only player today on the Brewers roster that hit that did not strike out. Every other single Brewers batter today struck out except for Christian Yelich at some point. That's You can't win baseball games when things like that are happening. Top of the second. Burns still has it going. Another one, two, three inning. Two ground outs and, uh, yeah, two ground outs and a fly out there in that inning. Bottom of the second. Avisel Garcia reaches on an error on the throw by Fernando Tatis Jr. on a ground ball to short. Then Narvaez pops out. Kane rips one to sec- center, but it's right at Tommy to left, excuse me, but it's right at Tommy Pham. And then Travis Shaw strikes out to end the inning. And that right there, that bottom of the second inning kind of showed you what was going to happen in this game. The Brewers got on base and they failed to do anything about it. They they failed to bring runners in. And the Padres did the exact opposite today. Yesterday. I was at the ball game at American Family Field sitting in the bleachers in left field, and the Padres did not have a great offensive performance whatever, whatsoever. Brandon Woodruff pitched excellently yesterday, and until that last inning, they had no offense going for them. And today, you saw something that we have not really seen from the Brewers all season long, and that's a change in philosophy. The Padres completely changed their philosophy in this baseball game compared to yesterday. Lineup was switched up a little bit. Not only that, which is pretty much what the Brewers do every game because they don't have a set lineup, and the Padres are pretty similar with that. But they were aggressive. The Padres were very aggressive today, both at the plate and on base, and they took advantage of a Corbin Burns and Omar Narvaez matchup that Narvaez was horrible behind the plate today, basically. He had three pass balls, some named wild pitches, and it cost this baseball team today. And he had an atrocious error that we'll get to shortly. Actually, here, I believe, in the top of the third inning, where it's a four-pitch walk to Caratini. And that 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 at-bat was rough because two of those balls that Corbin Burns threw were strikes, especially that last pitch that was a slider over the middle that just just cut inside on Caratini and was called a ball, but it was a strike when it crossed the plate. Burns walks Caratini, and then uh, he strikes out Musgrove after three bunt attempts because he hit Ha-Sung Kim on an 0-2 count. So now we're looking at first and second, pitchers up. He strikes out Musgrove because he goes for three straight bunt attempts, and then Tommy Pham flies out to Avi Garcia in right. It's now first and third. And something that happens in Little League Baseball affected a Major League Baseball team today. Here it is. Two-strike pitch. Runner goes again. It's outside. Throw down to second. Here comes the runner, Caratini. The throw is wide. The Padres will steal a run. I'm surprised they threw threw the ball through to second base. I mean, Caratini had a really good jump off the third. I, I don't I don't know how to react to this. I don't know what Omar Narvaez is doing. It's it, he has two strikes. Corbin Burns has two strikes on the batter with two outs, first and third. The guy from first steals. Kim. He steals from first to second. So what? 
So what? Let him be. Let him take second base. There's two strikes on the batter, and you have one of the best pitchers in baseball in Corbin Burns on the mound, who has consistently struck out batters all season long. Why in the world are you throwing the ball to second? Because this is exactly what happens in those scenarios. A bad throw to second, and Caratini has a huge lead off of third base because Burns isn't paying attention to him because he's probably thinking, I have two strikes on this batter. I'm going to focus on getting this batter out. And instead, Narvaez throws the ball to second. Caratini takes home on a bad throw back from second that was rushed from Wong trying to get the ball back to home plate in a disaster scenario. Again, something that happens in Little League Baseball. So you played middle infield. Yes. Right? I did. How many plays? I know for me personally, because despite my size, I did play some middle infield, which might surprise you. Okay. How many set plays did you have for this exact situation? When I was 10, we had four plays. In high school, I I had a rotating list of about nine plays that we would go through. Exactly. To limit this exact thing from happening. And every single one of them included... Maybe it's the second baseman running in front and catching it before it gets to second base or faking it or something, but it doesn't include throwing it to second base because this happens. That's the easiest way to steal home. If you look at any time someone steals home in the major leagues, 95% of the time it's in this situation. Just don't do it. If you're really that worried, then walk the guy who's at the plate and make sure that there's a force out at every base. Absolutely, and that's your are-you-kidding-me moment of the ball game. Omar Narvaez, just th- this was the top of what was an atrocious, atrocious game behind the plate for Narvaez today. And and I love me some Omar Narvaez. He's been raking at the plate this season. Even since he's been healthy, he hasn't been hitting 380 like he was to open up the year, but he's hitting 240, which is still very respectable for a catcher and a left-handed catcher. But good golly gosh, was he bad behind the play today. Uh, And I know I was just ranting that he was two strikes, but it was on jerks in Profar. Profar delivers. He lines out or he lines one into left field for his first hit of the game, scores Kim from third, and it's now 2-0 Padres. Burns strikes out Cronenworth after five pickoff attempts to Profar on first base to end the inning. And and that was another thing that just bugged me, too. Because, again, Corbin Burns is one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. I know Profar has speed. I I get it. But but there, there has to be some philosophy out there where, at some point, you just have to say to the batter, no matter who's on base, the base could be loaded for all I care. At some point, you just look at the guy at home plate and you say, I'm better than you. And Corbin Burns, the way he's pitched this season, he is better than Jake Cronenworth. He is. And instead of just going at Cronenworth, he threw to first base and was wearing at Profar five times. I mean, at that point, I think Burns and Narvaez, for that matter, were just a, riddle, a little bit rattled, and the Padres did their job. Like I said, they had a completely different offensive game plan today than they did yesterday. They were hyper-aggressive on the bases, and they rattled Corbin Burns, which is weird to say because Burns is not somebody that's been rattled very much this season. But after that, after they give up two bogus runs in the inning, basically, Corbin Burns was rattled for the rest of the day. 
And this offense continued to be rattled. Bottom of the third, still no hits for the Brewers. Three up, three down. Again, for Joe Musgrove, looking really good on the mound, really locating his slider well. Top of the fourth, Burns gets it back. I'll give him credit. He got it back here. One, two, three inning. And we go to the bottom of the fourth. Same thing for the Brewers. One, two, three inning. After a couple ground outs uh, by Vogelbach and Avi Garcia. Top of the fifth. Who would have guessed it? Another one, two, three inning. Corbin Burns recovers for now. But this is, again, for now. Because he has a little bit of struggle. A couple more struggles later on in this game. Bottom of the fifth. The Brewers get their first hit of the game on a Lorenzo Kane single. Then Joe Musgrove hits Travis Shaw. And you're thinking... If there's a time that the Brewers are going to strike and come back in this ball game, it's now. But that that doesn't happen. Two on, no, nobody out. Two on, one out, excuse me. Willie Adamas skies out to center. Then Kane steals third base, a heads-up play from him. First and third now. And an interesting stat, Joe Musgrove, one for nine in first pitches the second time through the lineup. The first time, he was 7 for 9, which shows his dominance and why he's struggling now. Uh, He walks Corbin Burns. And in this situation, I look at Evan, and I go, Evan, why would you not pinch hit for Corbin Burns here? It's been a long inning already. You have two guys on base, first and third. Why, Why are you not considering, at least, pulling Corbin Burns here? Why not throw in a Keston Hira and give him a shot with guys on base right here? That That's what I would have done in this situation if I'm Craig Council. Instead, he keeps Burns out there. Burns walks, which is great, but not great for the bottom half of this inning. And base is loaded. Lefty Tim Hill comes in relief. Wong's at the plate. A 307 career average with the bases loaded. But he grounds out to second to end the inning. And... For the upteenth time in the last couple of weeks here, the Brewers can't get it done with runners in scoring position. And in in an ideal situation to get back in a ballgame. How many times this season have we said and been frustrated with the Brewers' offense in situations just like these? It's, it's It's going to turn. There's going to be a moment this season where somebody finally comes through in the clutch in a situation like this and brings the Brewers right back into a ball game. And then we're going to see a consistent run of them right now. The Brewers are just on a cold streak in all of these situations. It feels like, but one of these days it's going to be this season. They're going, they're going to recover. They're not going to be a 500 baseball team all season long. The Brewers will eventually succeed. I promise you. But they did not succeed in the top of the sixth inning. Corbin Burns walks Tommy Pham to start off the the inning. And that was his second walk of the day, which doubles his walk total on the season. It tells you how great Corbin Burns has been this year. Pham, as soon as he gets on base, steals second. And then the ball gets by Narvaez and he gets to third. Again, Narvaez not getting it done behind the play today. Burns walks Profar on eight straight balls to start the inning. You think that last inning they should have pinch hit for him now? Long inning, 
Pitching change, and Burns just doesn't have it to start off. Started the inning with 10 straight balls. Oh, by the way, Profar also steals second base. So now it's second and third, nobody out. Burns strikes out Cronenworth on a backdoor cutter. And then Tatis hits a sack fly out to deep center, scoring Tommy Pham. Eric Hosmer, who was hot today, scorched one down the shift right up the middle and scored Profar. And then Eric Hosmer, their first baseman, who has no speed, steals second base. That's three stolen bases in the one inning. Because, again, a ball gets by Narvaez. Burns strikes out Will Myers to end the inning, and his day is done there. Six innings pitch, four earned runs, three walks, seven strikeouts. His lowest strikeout total of the year, and obviously with three walks, his most walks of the year. With the three walks and the hit-by-pitch that he gave up, he gave up all four of those were runs. All four of those were runs, and the four earned runs that he had in the game. How many hits did Burns allow today? Two. Two hits. That's it. That's how fickle the game of baseball can be sometimes. How cruel this game can be. Especially when the Padres have a change of philosophy. Like I'm saying, yesterday they struggled. They were awful at the plate until the last couple innings with Angel Perdomo in the ninth. We don't have to talk about that. But they came today with a completely different mindset. When are we going to see that from the Brewers and this Brewers offense? That that this Padres team, this Padres team, even though they've lost to the Brewers five times this season, they're a great baseball team. They're not a good baseball team. They're a great one. And it's because they can adjust on the fly like they did today. Where is this ingenuity for the Brewers? I mean, we've throughout Craig Council's career as a manager, he's one of the best managers in baseball, if not the best manager in baseball. And it's because he thinks outside of the box. It's because he's always one step ahead. Where has Craig Council been one step ahead this season? I don't think that there is. I mean, you can talk about bullpen days, and he was the first manager in baseball to really start shortening the stints for starting pitchers, um, different lineups that he's throwing at you, all of that stuff that is now mainstream and stream in Major League Baseball was started by that man, Craig Council. But what has happened since then? What what changes? What things does Craig Council do so spectacularly different now in the major leagues? Because I I don't see one. I don't I don't see anything right now where I'm just like wow. The Brewers are the only team that's doing this right now, and they're winning baseball games because of it. I don't, I don't see that. And when I see the Padres completely flip their offensive strategy in a day, where they're like, today we're just going to take advantage of Corbin Burns not picking people off and Omar Narvaez being awful behind the plate. That That's, that's what they did today. They took advantage of it all day from start to finish, basically. I have not seen that ingenuity out of the Brewers this season. 414-799-1250 if you disagree. Bottom of the six, we go. And another 1-2-3 inning for the Brewers. Still only one hit in the game. Top of the seventh, Eric Yardley, he's back. Welcome back. And he got kind of a harsh welcome back by this Padres offense. 
Uh, Caratini grounded out to first with the first batter of the inning. And then on the first pitch, Kim singles one to left. O'Grady is pinch hitting, shoots one into deep right center. But unfortunately, Kane moving slightly to the left when that ball is heading towards home plate. And he was late, a step behind, had to rush to right field and just didn't get there. Ball landed right between Avi and Kane there. And the two nearly collided, to be honest with you. But thankfully, Padres had to hold Caratini at third. So now it is second and third one out. Tommy Pham chops one right over Yardley. But Wong makes a fantastic play. He runs in right behind the plate, kind of scoops the ball up, makes a great throw to first, and gets an out. The Padres do score a run on the play, though. And it's now 5 to nothing. Padres. Jerickson Profar, one on, two out, lines one into right field, and scores another run. His second hit of the day, both with two outs, and both earn him an RBI. It's now 6 nothing. Padres. And Yardley, he just couldn't find his curveball today. His curveball... Kept slipping out of his hand. I don't know if it was a gripping issue, whatever it was, but he was not getting on top of that baseball, and it was not cutting back in. Every single pitch he threw with that curve was landing outside and away, like way outside and away, and he just didn't have it today. He had a, a minor league stint. Uh, for any of you those of, of any of any of those of you who are wondering, he did have a minor league stint. Two innings pitched in AAA ball, and uh, did not give up a run in those two outings. But today, he gave up two runs in his outing in the one inning pitched. Craig Stammen now in for the Padres, and he gets a one. He gets the first out as Narvaez strikes out looking. Kane also strikes out looking that next batter. And I'm just sitting here thinking, why are we not swinging the bats? I mean, we're down six to nothing. What do we have to lose? Why are we watching pitches go by? Well, Travis Shaw. He did not let a pitch go by. 3-2, high fly, deep right field. Travis Shaw has gone deep. First time since May 1st for Travis Shaw. Yeah, Shaw, hopefully this is the return of Travis Shaw. Because in May, he has not been a very consistent hitter. Hitting 183, 17 strikeouts in the month of May. And this is his first homer since May 1st. Let's hope and pray that this is exactly the jolt that he needed. It wasn't a big home run, but it was a home run nonetheless. And it's now 6-1 to one Padres. That's the Brewers' second hit of the game, and they would not get a hit going forward. Josh Lindblom enters the game in relief. Four straight balls to walk Tatis to start the inning. And just like every other time, that that's happened so far in this game. Tatis steals second base after Hosmer strikes out swinging. Kim grounds out to third. Tatis moves to third on the throw. And once again, a ball gets past Omar Narvaez. And Tatis scores for th- from third. That's the third time this game a ball has passed Omar Narvaez. For those of you who are keeping count. Lynn Bloom, though, he, he, he had a pretty good performance today. I'll give him credit. I, I tend to rip on Josh Lindblom quite a bit. Today, he, he was on point. Outside of that walk that he had, he had six up straight, six six ups, six down in two innings. So credit to him there. Bottom of the eighth, Urias strikes out looking. Wong strikes out uh, swinging. And then Keston Hira, a guy who just came up yesterday for his first performance, 
pinch hit for Dan Vogelbach earlier in the game, was not a starter, and he comes in and launches one to right center, and you're thinking, he finally did it. He's back. Let's go, but it's caught at the warning track, and that was kind of the telltale sign of this game today. Just not a good game overall from this Brewers team. Top of the ninth, three up, three down for Lindblom, striking out batters, two in that inning, and then to end the game, Yelich flies out to left, Garcia chases a pitch away, which so many Brewers batters were doing today. It was kind of crazy how many Brewers batters struck out on off-speed pitches away today. Quite a few of them, and I believe it was 12 strikeouts in the game for Padres pitching. Narvaez grounds out to second to end it. And now we're going to take a quick break. After that recap, it was a little long, and we'll get to uh, Eugene and Mequon and your calls, 414-799-1250, when we're back here on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball postgame show. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Tim Allen here on The Fan. Let's hear what you thought of today's game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On The Fan, call Tim Allen now at 414 799 1250 or tweet the show at 1250 AM the fan. Yeah, you can try calling Tim, but he won't answer. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Tim Allen here on the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin baseball post game show driven by great lakes drag away in union Grove, an awful game from your Milwaukee brewers today at American family field. If you're on your way out, thanks for tuning in. If you're just a fan of the show, thanks for tuning in as well. If you were just watching the game at home, we appreciate you listening. Let's go out to Eugene and Mequon. You're on the fan. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, Eugene. What do you got for me? So in the offseason, when David Stearns and Craig Council were constructing this team, they admittedly built it around creating more contact with the bats and having great defense in the field. Mm-hmm. So we were going to hit less home runs than we were last year, obviously. But I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why we won't bunt the ball. I mean, in that second inning, you had Avisel Garcia on second base, no outs, and we couldn't get him anywhere. Like right. The team would bunt him over and have someone make hard contact, hit the outfield, and get him in. Same issue in the fifth. You got Low Kane and Travis Shaw on first and second, and we can't bunt him over. And Craig Council was actually asked about this two weeks ago. He was asked, why isn't your team bunting more? And his excuse was, oh, well, MLB pitchers throw a little bit too hard, and it's scary for these batters to get in the way and bunt the ball. <laughs> They're major league baseball players. This isn't Glendale Little League. What are we doing? I don't understand. Right. Eugene, I I totally agree with you. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Don't let Rami hear you talk about bunting. (laughs) Yeah, Rami, the afternoon host, will will go in on you about bunting. Here's the thing. And and this is kind of what I was delving into uh, during my rant in the last segment there. Because Eugene has a point. Something has to change philosophically with this Brewers offense. Right now, what they are doing is not working. Their their game plan of, we're going to go out there and have big daddy hacks on every swing and try to hit homers, is not working. And they're not constructed to play that way. You think Colton Wong's supposed to hit 25 home runs in a season? No. Do you think that Jackie Bradley Jr. is supposed to do that? No. These guys that they brought in, like Eugene was saying, are not here to hit home runs. They're here to get on base. And when you don't, when you when you build your roster and have a completely different philosophy than the roster that you currently have, you have to you have to change your philosophy 
to the players that are in your lineup on a daily basis. And the Brewers are not doing that right now. Craig Council's not doing that right now. I don't know if it's bunting. I, 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 I kind of lean on Rami's side a little bit more with the bunting thing. But it's as easy as what the Padres did today. We're going to scout a pitcher and a catcher. And we're going to figure out how to beat them. We know that the chances of us getting on base with Corbin Burns pitching are slim. It happened six times in the first six innings of the game. A hit by pitch, two walks, a hit by pitch, three walks, and two hits. Those are the pl- those are the players that got on base today when Corbin Burns was on the mound. Somehow, the Padres had four of those six guys score. Two-thirds of them. And it was only two hits. Only two hits. How do they do it? They stole bases, and they were aggressive as hell on the bases, and any time Narvaez had a ball go past him, no matter who's on base, they went. They went to the next bag. That is adapting to your situation when you're facing one of the best pitchers in baseball. The Brewers also faced one of the better pitchers in baseball today in Joe Musgrove. What did you see them do today that they do differently when some other guy is on the mound for a different team? Nothing. They stacked the lineup with lefties, and it didn't work. It didn't. That's that's what their game plan has been all season. That That is the, the biggest change that they have on a game-by-game basis is when they have a righty-lefty matchup and they stack the lineups with the opposing side hitters. That is the extent of the genius of building these lineups right now. I don't get it. I don't understand. Because, like I said, I don't know if it's bunting, but something has to change. Hitting runs, steals, changing the lineup order. For the life of me, I can't understand why Dan Vogelback continues to hit second in this lineup. He is pretty much as close to as a for-sure out as it gets in baseball. He's hitting 200, has a barely larger than 220 on base percentage. And this guy's hitting second in a lineup. While Avi Garcia is having a career month, hitting five homers, 380 plus. But instead of bringing him up higher in the lineup, we keep him at fourth or fifth every day. And he's not even an everyday player. This is These are the things that I can't comprehend. It's not necessarily going small ball compared to hitting home runs every day. But, but small tweaks at the very least have to happen when your offense is performing this poorly. The only thing right now they have going for them is that they have options with this Willie Adamas trade. Travis Shaw has struggled. We've talked about that in this show. Hitting 180 or whatever he's hitting this month. It hasn't been great. So you make a trade for Adamas. And so far, the Willie Adamas trade has turned out. They're 3-2 and two in the game since the trade happened. Because you know what? It, it lit a spark in everybody that said, you know what? My job is not guaranteed. Because now the infield is crowded with Adamas back. And with Aaron Perez hitting a home run today in AAA. They have options. So every guy on that infield now has to play for their job, basically, outside of Adamas, who they just traded for. Urias could be sent down any day. Travis Shaw could be sent down every day. Keston Hira was just down in the minors. Dan Vogelback, 
Who knows what the heck the Brewers can do with them? Cut him or send him to AAA if he has an option. He doesn't have an option. Evan is shaking his head. So they can cut Dan Vogel back every day. The roster change they made with Willie Adamas was not only acquiring a good hitter, a good player, with multiple years of arbitration ahead of him, but it was also to say to every single one of those infielders, it's time for you to wake up. Because none of y'all are hitting right now. Yelich is back. Cage is coming back from an injury as well. Hasn't quite recovered the way you'd want him to. And Tyrone Taylor just got sent down earlier today. He wasn't producing. They sent him down. It's going to be that simple going forward, I think, for this Brewers roster. I think David Stearns is starting to get fed up. If guys don't start producing and producing soon, there's going to be some more changes here in Milwaukee. There has to be. At the same time now, Adonacio, the owner, was on in the third inning of the game, and he said, I think David Stearns is happy to be above 500 right now. Which, at that point, they were. Now they're at 500. And to a degree, he has a point. He does. With the amount of injuries that the Brewers have sustained this season, and the ridiculous schedule that they have had to start this season, both in terms of the division and also the Dodgers, the Padres, the Twins who were a playoff team last year, the Marlins who were a playoff team last year twice, like they're they're facing some of the best teams in baseball to open up their year. So I agree. The fact that they're hovering around 500 is good. Is it great? Of course not, but it's good. They, they have continued to, to put out and have performances where they can win baseball games for the most part. And I'm sure Stearns was thrilled a couple weeks ago when they were in the heat of all of those injuries and they were seven games above 500. But things have changed since then. They've gotten healthier. And while they've gotten healthier, they've gotten worse. They're not winning games anymore. Something has to change. What do you think needs to change? 414-799-1250. We'll try to get your calls in here. We'll hear from Craig Council. We'll hear from Corbin Burns after this break here. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Tim Allen on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin baseball postgame show driven by Great Lakes Dragway here on The Fan. What was the deal with the lineup? Why did he make that bullpen move? Why did he pinch hit with that guy? Time to get all of those questions answered and more with Scoop from the Skipper. Brought to you by Schulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. This is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show. Driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. Yeah, we'll hear from Counts in just a minute here. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Tim Allen here on the Pella Windows and Doors Baseball post-game show driven by Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. First, let's get to a couple of tweets coming in at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R at Dan Plucker. Horrible baseball. Fire the batting coach. Send Yardley to double A ball. I'm, I've been a pretty negative this show. I'm not that negative. And here's why. Uh... There's only so much a hitting coach can do. You can't blame 
all of the hitting woes on the coach. He can prep you for the game as best as he possibly can. And you can still go out there and strike out 12 times like the Brewers did today. It it happens. Bad performances happen, and it's been a string of them together. But I'm not quite on the fire Andy Haynes train yet. And in terms of Yardley, this was his first this was his first appearance since coming off of the IL earlier today. He was just in AAA, had two appearances, faced seven batters in two innings. Like, he came back and played the best team in baseball in a situation where they were already down. And last year, Yardley was one of your most consistent relievers. So I'm not quite, I'm not there on sending Yardley back down. It, he's he's here, and that's something we have not even touched on yet today, and that is that the Brewers need a reliever to step up. With J.P. Fireisen now out of here, and Drew Rasmussen as well, you have two consistent arms in your bullpen, and they're your setup man and your closer. And I'll throw Boxberger in there as well, too. You need, a, you need somebody to step up. And today... Josh Lindblom pitched great. Hopefully it's him. Eric Yardley just off the IL. And and I think those are the two that the Brewers probably have their eye on. Where it's, we really need one of these guys to step up. Because clearly what we saw from Angel Perdomo last night, he's not going to be that guy. And I don't think anybody should expect for him to be that guy. He's going to be the guy, the young, big, he's a big dude. The, 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 the young, big dude who throws hard that comes in when you're down to hopefully, or either when you're up big or down big to get him some major league experience. But that means you need a guy like Yardley or a guy like Lindblom to step up or else your bullpen might be in a little bit of trouble. And if that's happened, I'm just saying Jeremy Jeffers is out there. Let's hear from Craig Council here on the fan as he talked after the game. Craig, we were just uh, talking to Corbin about the odd outing he had. He had four one, two, three innings that he just totally dominated. But then he had those two that he caused himself problems with, with walking people, which he hasn't done a whole year. Just kind of odd, a couple of hiccups, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I would describe it as a little bit an odd outing too. I mean, for for what he's done this year, the you know he just was a touch out of sync, and so there was the, the walks and the hit by pitch. Uh, those those base runners ended up really hurting him. Um, so it was a little uncharacteristic. His, his stuff was still good. He just was missing the strike zone a little bit, um, and it and it cost us. And then they got some well timed hits. Like that, uh, the double steal was a big play in the game to get their first run. How is that play supposed to go? Uh, like, like, what do you guys talk about to defend that? Yeah, I mean, that's the situation we just left the up. So, um, you know, we, we, I think, I still think we make, if we complete the play, there's an out there. The Willie's throw was a little bit on the wrong side of the base. So the, that, you know, the otherwise, I think he's out. Um, so, but it, they made a really aggressive play, um, and uh, it paid off. I mean, you, you can you can not throw, and you can just let them steal the base. Um, you know, with a left hander up, you're, the third baseman's way off the line. You can you can just throw right to third and, and see if they're going to try to score a run. Um, they did a nice job, disguised it well, and and we we didn't execute the play, and they got a run. Uh, 
Like they're a pretty unique team and how much they run. Um, how much pressure does that put not only on Omar, but your pitchers to be quick to the plate? Yeah, I mean, they are. They're, they're, they, they've got great team speed um, and they're aggressive. Um, and uh, it, it is a factor when you play them for sure. Um, you know, we, you make it, I think pitchers always make a choice, you know, and executing pitches and, um, you know, I think if Corbin's executing his pitches, I'm not sure the stolen bases completely matter, but, but on a night when he's, um, you know, a little bit off it, it, that, that part of the game cost him a little bit too. Craig, what did you think of how Yardley threw tonight? Just considering the layoff. Yeah. I mean, you know, the inning was, you know, worse than it should have been. Um, but you know, we, we just got to get him. We got to get him out there. Um, there was, there was, you know, there was some good pitches and there was some, some mistakes, but he, you know, we just got to keep getting him out there. Um, you know, and we got to get him in the right places in the game. Craig, for as, as tough as Musgrove was for the first four innings, all of a sudden you guys got a crack there in the fifth too. And, you know, Colton's been swinging the back too. And I think he had it pretty sharp right at somebody, but uh, that, that was one chance there wasn't it? Especially when he walked Corbin on four pitches. Yeah, I, I mean, I I thought we did a decent job against Musgrove. Um, you know, he he's having a nice season, and he's he's a tough pitcher right now. Um, you know, our big shot was was in the fifth, and and um, even even Willie's at bat, he got to a three one count, and, and just kind of just just missed a ball, took a good swing on the right pitch, and and just missed a ball. We got another shot with the walk, and and Colton squared up a ball just right at the shortstop. Um, we got him out of there. I mean, even the first inning, we you know we had. A, a bunch of good at bats. Um, just, just didn't, you know, he made some nice pitches. The three, two curveball to Colton to lead off the game was just clips the, you know, top outside corner of the zone. So, um, you know, low, low, we lead up, we get the air in the, in the second and, and low hits the ball hard, um, that we didn't catch that weren't, weren't able to cash on. So we got him out of there. We just, um, you know, we couldn't get anything going against their bullpen. Can you enlighten us on the pitching plan tomorrow? Yeah, Eric Lauer is going to start tomorrow. Craig, uh, you you just mentioned their bullpen. Uh, there, it's a whole bunch of guys with ERAs in the ones and twos. I mean, they're a tough team when you get behind, aren't they? They they, they just look like they have a very good bullpen. Yeah, they they do. Uh, I mean, this is a well-rounded. This is a good team. This, they're well-rounded. They're they're good at a lot of things. So. Um, you know, you know, we, we haven't, uh, we didn't, we haven't had a success against their bullpen, but it's, they got, they throw a lot at you. They're, they're all their relievers are kind of very neutral. It's hard to get matchups against them and, and they're all throwing the ball really well. So, um, you know, you, you got to do a lot of things right to beat this team. Um, we, we've played pretty well against them, but they, they, they did, they did a nice job tonight against Corbin. Let's find out what happened in today's game from the guys that played it. Let's head inside the clubhouse presented by Windows Select. Right now, buy one, get one free. Plus, no payments for an entire year. Call them today at 262-703-3500. Yeah, and like Council said there, you have to do a lot of things right to beat this Padres team because they're one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball. They were in a nine-game winning streak before coming to Milwaukee and losing yesterday. So now they've won nine of ten, ten of eleven, however you want to put it. And the Brewers did not do many things right today. Two hits, 
Three walks and a hit batter by Burns that all wound up being runs. Four walks total, I believe, that all wound up being runs. And errors galore behind the plate from Omar Narvaez. We'll hear from Corbin Burns in just a minute here, but we got some breaking news here on the fan. Evan, you got that read for me? Breaking news on the fan is powered by Odyssey.com Sports and presented by BetQL. Become a better sports better. Get smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit the BetQL.com today. Yeah, Brewers swing a trade. Not the biggest trade, not the sexiest trade. What are you talking about? Billy McKinney, who was DFA'd earlier in the week, is going to the New York Mets, and the Brewers get Pedro Quintana in exchange. He's a left-handed pitcher from Venezuela, 17-year-old, never played a professional game of baseball in his life. But who knows? Maybe this is a lottery ticket. It's a chance. It's better than getting nothing, which they definitely could have gotten for Billy McKinney. So getting something is better than nothing. And that's the second move, actually, the Brewers have done with the Mets today because they acquired an infielder by the name of Jake Hager off of waivers today. He was formerly with the Brewers uh, infielder, former first-round pick, and kind of another platoon kind of Hernan Perez type dude that they're hoping will turn out eventually. But he was drafted in the first round in 2011. It's been nine years of minor leagues hitting in the 250 range, I want to say, in those nine years. So not necessarily the biggest name, but two moves today between the Mets and David Stearns and the Brewers. And, I mean, there's a connection there, New York and David Stearns. As you know, we've heard rumors plenty of times here, but... Making some moves. So the Brewers add two new players today. On a day where Corbin Burns pitched a pretty good game. By by major league standards, he pitched a good game today. By Corbin Burns standards, it was an okay game today. And uh, he has to be frustrated after this one. Let's hear from the Brewers' ace. Yeah, I think in the third and you know the sixth, um, what got me is I, I was starting to get around the cutter a little bit. Um, so I lost command to... To be able to get that uh, to both sides of the plate, um, so kind of start yanking that a little bit, and just kind of kind of find myself mechanically uh, with some timing stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, outside of those two innings, it was we were, we were it was pretty crisp tonight. Orban, does their run game uh, cause problems for you or for pitching in general? What was that? Sorry. Does their running game cause problems? Did that cause an issue at all tonight? No, I mean they they they're a, they're a team that I think leads the leads Major League Baseball in, in stolen bases. So um, you know we 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 knew coming in they were going to be running, and um, you know obviously they they took some bags on on me tonight, and even even a double steal to to take a run. So that's something obviously we'll we'll go back and look in um, look into. But um, I mean as far as around around baseball, the the running game is definitely down. So to come across a team like this that. Uh, you know, can, can really run and steal some bags. It's, it's something we don't normally come across. So, um, but you know, then again, if, if I don't walk them or, or hit them, they're not going to be swiping bags. Corbin, that, that running game, does that affect how you pitch at all? Is it in the back of your mind at all? Or do you just proceed with your game plan and how you want to attack? No, I just, I, you know, it's, it's something that we talk about, like, Hey, these guys, you know, these guys might run a little bit and you know, these certain counts and, it's, it's something that I try not to focus on. Um, obviously, if you're worried about the runner too much over there, you, you start losing stuff mechanically. And 
start making some errors over the plate. So, you know, first and foremost for me, it's, it's going out and it's, it's executing pitches. And then, you know, the, the, the running game for me comes second. So, um, you know, tonight they, they were able to expose that a little bit, but, um, you know, like I said, if, if, if I don't give them free passes, then, um, you know, they're not going to score any runs. Corbin, it, it's kind of crazy, isn't it, when you've been so good with your command that just those two little blips stand out, you know, because you haven't walked guys all year. So it's uh, it's just weird that two little instances kind of change the game, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it happens. I wish I can go out there and every single inning throw the ball where I want every every time. Um, you know, that would that would make this game really, really easy. But that's that's how baseball goes. And we're, we're going to come across these outings and – just have to take the good from it and move on. Yeah, and this game is not really, really easy, and it showed you why today with Corbin Burns. Again, six innings pitched, four earned runs, four walks. Not a coincidence there. Only two hits. Just devastating. The first performance this season by Corbin Burns where he has had less than nine strikeouts, only seven on the day. He'll be back on the bump next week. We got some news from Craig Council, Eric Lauer starting tomorrow. We'll look more into that game coming up next here on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball postgame show driven by Great Lakes Dragway. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Tim Allen. Let's find out the play of the game. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and smart home technology simply done right. Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com. On the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. Yeah, really only one play of note for the Brewers in this game, and that is Travis Shaw doing his thing for the first time in quite a while. 3-2, high fly, deep right field. Travis Shaw has gone deep. First time since May 1st for Travis Shaw. Y'all highlights courtesy of Bally Sports Wisconsin. Shaw finally does it again. It's been... 24 days, but he finally goes yard again, again, hitting 189 this month. He really needed this homer today, even in a game that doesn't matter at that point. To see Travis Shaw hit a home run, making everybody feel a little bit better. And hopefully, again, this sparks something within him, just like the Willie Adamas trade should spark something within him, because his job is as much in jeopardy as anybody else. Forward thinking to tomorrow's Brewers versus Padres game three as the Brewers Try to at least guarantee a series tie. Tim Allen back on the show tomorrow. And Chris Paddock on the mound for the Padres. He has been pretty good. 396 ERA, 2-3 record in eight starts this season. Racks up the strikeouts, 34 already on the year. For the Brewers, as Craig Council just told us, Eric Lauer will make his third start of the season and we know how good of a pitcher Lauer is against teams from California, at least the Dodgers. So hopefully that continues to be true against the Padres, another one of the best teams in baseball. He has a 2.81 ERA on the year and a couple appearances. One and one record in 16 innings pitched. And you, you got to hope. It looks like the Brewers are moving to a six-man rotation. We all kind of expected it at some point this year. David Stearns hinted at it on the Wendy's Big Show 
little bit earlier on before the season, and it looks like it's here. And I don't think it should come to a surprise to many because it's crazy to think, but right now, a year ago, in terms of amount of games played, we're almost at the end of the season for last year. 48 games in in a 60-game season last season. So the Brewers would hypothetically have 12 games left to make a playoff push. Last year, they finished below 500. This year, they're at 500, hoping to get even better. And there's a lot to like about this Brewers team. There is. And there's a lot to hope for with this rotation. It's one of the best in baseball. And if they can add Eric Lauer to it, or at least get him enough confidence as a starter where if somebody else gets hurt or slips off that you can plug him back into the rotation, that's only going to mean good things for this team. It is. And if not, he's had a couple bullpen appearances where he's looked pretty good this year. And maybe he's your next bullpen arm. Maybe he is. You don't have a lot of lefties in that pen. We, But like I said earlier, briefly, the Brewers need a bullpen arm to step up. Whether that's Richards that they just acquired whether that's Eric Lauer, if he doesn't fit in the rotation, make it in the rotation, gets bumped back to the pen, or Brett Anderson, for that matter, if Lauer outperforms Anderson and they decide to move Anderson to the pen. Whether it's Eric Yardley, who just came back today, and I know didn't have the best performance, but it's his first game back. Let's cut him a little bit of slack. Or Josh Lindblom, who has been horrible for most of the year, but had a great performance today. Somebody in that pen has to eat innings, and it can't always be Boxberger that leads the Brewers to their 8th and ninth inning guys in Williams and Hayter. Who knows? But all I know is I'm having a lot of fun with this Brewers team, even on a day where they play arguably their worst game of the season on all fronts. Got a lot to hope for. Got a lot to look forward to with this team. Forward thinking. Tim Allen back in tomorrow on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball postgame show. It's been great. Dan Plucker filling in for him today. Guys, whether it's here or there, we'll talk again soon, Milwaukee.